course I did. How else could I win? Just don't talk to me for the rest of the war. How about the next war? That'll be okie doke with me, fella. Oh, that's handy. Everybody should have a gynecologist next door. I want to turn a page. Good. I'll wet your finger. They got you down as white. Good work, baby. We will now hear the minutes of the last meeting. Corporal. Uh, I didn't take any. I was the only one here. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another exciting episode of the MASH 4077 Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and joining me today are the best co-hosts in the world, Al. Hi, everybody. And Meds. The gentleman. Today we're going to be discussing Dear Dad... Dot, 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 three. It's from Season 2. It's Episode 9. It's the 33rd episode overall. It was directed by Don Weiss. It's written by Larry Gilbart and Lawrence Marks. Production code is K409, and it originally aired on November 10th, 1973. Now, when in your sunny climb where I used to spend my time, a servant of Her Majesty the Queen, of all that black-faced crew, the finest man I knew was our regimental bestie, Gunga Dean. Though I've belted you and flayed you by the living God that made you, you're a better man than I am, Gunga Dean. Mets about scissors. Yes. Are we going to have poetry and surgery now? There was a young lady from Kent who took off her... Steady, Henry. Well, the very, very complicated plot summary to this episode involves Hawkeye's latest letter home as he recounts the doctor's very delicate operation on a soldier who has a live grenade shot well, into his body. <laughs> and racist patient Condon's demand that he be given the right type of blood. Henry's receipt of a home movie from his family and the tension that erupts during the monthly staff meeting. Dear Dad, the war goes on and on and on. Our biggest enemy is boredom. We don't know what to do with ourselves. I've taken to writing obscene prescriptions and throwing them into the nurse's tent. You know it's boring around here when Trapper and Frank Burns do anything together. Guest stars uh, in this episode are Mills Watson, plays Sergeant Condon. 99 titles to his name, including The A-Team, Simon Simon, and The Rockford Files. And we have the ever-lovable Jamie Farr, who plays Corporal Maxwell Q. Klinger. And Odessa Cleveland plays Lieutenant Ginger Bayless. Bobby Mitchell returns as Nurse Gilbert. And we have Kathleen Hughes. She plays Lorraine Blake. Kathleen was born in 1928 and appears in such high-priced flicks as It Came from Outer Space and Colt Cobra. Alas, she let herself down by appearing in Quincy. (laughs) (laughs) And we had Arthur Abelson playing Milt Jaffe. No Quincy for Arthur. Only ten titles, including The Chicken Chronicles and Winner Takes All. Louise Vienna plays Sylvia Jaffe or Jaffe. Only two titles for Louise. The other one being Kenny's favourite film called Meet Whiplash Willie. And finally, we have Sivy Arberg, who played Anna Lidstorn. Only 12 titles to Sivy, and Meds did not put any of those 12 titles down, so I cannot tell you what those are. No, I'm I'm sure fair, I was, I was still getting over Meet Whiplash Willie. <laughs> Understand you're in need of a medical man here. I see you couldn't find one. Where's Condit? 
Number nine, with a bedpan marked for whites only. Is that the magic mixture? Yes, master. Right this way, Igor, I will show you. Oh, terrific. Still sedated? Just enough. Cotton. Cotton. Somebody's got to pick the cotton. What'd you use? Tincture of Iden. She lasts a couple of days. Perfecto. Mind if I dab along? You do his hands. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I will start us off. Uh, I actually enjoy I enjoy the Dear Dad's episodes. Um, this one, you know, obviously it starts off, and I really like this storyline with the whole white soldier asking or demanding that he doesn't get the wrong type of blood, meaning yeah. he doesn't want any black person's blood, which is just horrible. Mm. Okay, Doc. Okay, that about does, but we need another unit of the plasma. For me? Yeah, we got a special this week. You take a pint of blood, and we give you six free highball glasses to break easily. <laughs> give me a bottle of your best stuff, Ginger. Yes, Doctor. Hey, make sure I get the right color blood, eh, Doc? Huh? I wouldn't want any of that darky stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but I, I do love the joke that they play on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and at the end, it's kind of cool because he does think about it. You know, it's not like he goes off still being this racist person. He actually mm. realizes that he may have done something wrong, and he has a lot to think about. Doc, I uh, gotta join my outfit. I uh, I just want to thank you for patching me up. No charge. And uh, also for giving me a lot to think about. Good luck. So, and I love this whole interaction with Ginger Bayless. Ginger had a fairly prominent role in this one, which was really cool. Yeah. Especially that that storyline. And he saluted to her at the end, and she wished him luck. And I just, I like that whole interaction between those two. Um, That was probably my favorite storyline from the Dear Dad episode. I did like the grenade uh, segment. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird because, you know, there's a live grenade in this person and there's all these people running around thinking it can go off at any moment. And, all you know, luckily, I, I, I guess when they started to operate, they actually made everyone leave the room except for the three of them. Mm. Colonel? Yeah, just a minute. Collins? Yeah. Sir, you better look at this. Where is this guy? He's in the scrub room. Radar, you can't let anybody in here with a grenade in his pants. He's not wearing pants, sir. Holy cow. Collins, take over. Jones, you assist him. Houlihan will need your help. I want a spinal tray, a major pack, and some bone instruments. You'll need some more light in there. I'll get a right, out of here, Peter. Pierce. Kids in the pre-op. Let's go. Occasionally, Dad, we get a kid comes in with an unexploded grenade that's been shot into his body. Something they neglected to tell us about in med school. The procedure is simple. You operate on a human time bomb while your life flashes in front of you and you promise God anything he wants if he'll keep your patient from blowing up in your face. There must be an easier way for a surgeon to make $413.50 a month. It just goes to show you how what great doctors and nurses they are. Because it was Blake, Hawkeye, and Houlihan who put their lives you know, on the line to save this person. Because that could have gone... If that would have gone off, it would have killed everybody yeah. in that room. 
You know, but they didn't hesitate. And, you know, when he asked for Margaret, she instantly started naming off stuff she needed to get, and she knew exactly what she needed to do. You know, Hawkeye, both of them just ran in there, and that I really liked. And that, like I mentioned in the last episodes, it just shows a lot about their character. Um, I can't, uh, Frank, there's no way Frank would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Trapper, yeah, but but I can't see Frank doing that. You know, he would have said he was major and he was delegating it to somebody else, you know, something stupid. But it just goes to show you, as much of a pain Margaret is, she's still one of the best nurse, you know, and people out there. So I really, I really like to ask that aspect of it. Um, and of course, I loved Henry's home videos. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to see his daughter and his mm-hmm. wife. You know, even though he's still, it drives me crazy because he's looking at her and he's all sentimental. But then you go, he'll cheat on her in a heartbeat. In the same episode. <laughs> yeah, I just that that just it irks me when that happens. But you know, that's life, I guess. At the four hundred seven seven, and I, I like the the black and white footage after the fact. You know, because everyone's kind of sad and crying, and then all of a sudden you get this hilarious stuff of Henry being an idiot on camera. <laughs> yeah, that was a great uh, was, addition. Yes. Lots of fun. Very, it just it made that whole scene a little bit happier because it was so depressing. Uh, but overall, <laughs> it was. I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't my favorite Dear Dad, but definitely had a lot of good segments to it. How about you, Al? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of fun, but uh, it, w- when you stack it up against the other Dear Dads, it failed uh, in comparison. Uh, I liked the Dear Dad episodes. I didn't really like this one as a dear dad, and it almost wasn't because it didn't have, you know, as much of, of that addressing the the letter as as usual. Uh, but it it was it was pretty good. I love how they tackled the the topic of racism, um, but for me it was uh, the, it concluded a little sloppy. You know, it was kind of unrealistic. You obviously the, this this soldier, you know, he's let's just say twenty. 25 years old, something like that. And he spent all of his life hating and being a bigot. And then after a couple days at the 4077, he turns around like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see what you mean now, Doc. I don't necessarily think that that was portrayed very well. It was almost like they, you know, the writers may have realized, wow, this is a big topic. This is something, you know, that we're really getting into and we don't have enough, you know, 30 minutes isn't enough time to wrap this up. So let's just end it. And then just kind of wrote that ending in there. I don't know. What do you think? I I just don't, I just didn't really think that that was, but other than that, uh, I I enjoyed the episode. Um, I have a couple questions. Just exactly where in the world was that unexploded grenade lodged? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the guy was on the gurney on his stomach and his, uh, his pants were off. (laughs) What (laughs) the heck? I know that grenade was pretty big and it must've hit him pretty hard because it cracked it. Never mind. Um, (laughs) Uh, nice. And when he pulled that grenade out, that thing was pretty big. I mean, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't what I was expecting. No, no, no. It it, it looked like it would have been painful. Uh, and radar doesn't know that he's a virgin. Radar. Huh? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Everybody says you're a virgin. Is that true? I really don't know. He doesn't know well, if he's a virgin? I, I think he was more embarrassed to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, I love Father Mulcahy and uh, Henry when they were, when they were, when Henry was drunk and he was, and he was talking to Father Mulcahy, Mulcahy getting in his face. This guy's a one-star general, 30 years a doctor, 
patience and pain. Guess what his orders were? Give him a coffee enema. Oh, my word. Then I had to open my big mouth and say, with cream and sugar? <laughs> I was on a plane for Korea in 12 hours. I mean, I should have done it. The, 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 the coffee was already brewed. I mean, what would it have cost? Hmm? Well, the enema's loss was our gain, Colonel. <laughs> I think that um, William Christopher did an excellent job of squirming and looking very uncomfortable. I just, uh, I enjoyed that. And I, I agree with you, Kenny, that the whole movie scene was spectacular. Uh, it said a whole lot. You know, if you set aside the fact that Henry is an adulterer, that he is a drunk, you know, drunkard, um, it, it, it just said a whole lot because the emotion on uh, on Henry's face actually on all of their faces as they're watching it was it was touching you know it to me it said quite a few things in that in that moment that they've been away from home for a long time and home means a lot to them so i i enjoyed that i'm glad that they put that in there i really 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 liked it How about you, Mads? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just mirror exactly the signing that you've uh, both said, really. Um, the home video with Henry, I think uh, it's good to see. But, of course, again, exactly like I said a couple of episodes ago, uh, because we know what happens to Henry, that home video is a little bit more poignant, I think. Uh, oh, I think yeah, if, if this is yeah. the first time you've seen this episode, then you're just saying, oh, look, it's you know Henry's home video, how nice and, and sweet. But because we know that Henry, spoiler alert, uh, unfortunately gets killed um it's it's you know it kind of does hit you a little bit harder because you know he's he's never going to see them again yeah. he's never going to meet his, his his new the new arrival to his family the son yeah uh, which yeah. is which is even even worse um the the bit with the racy soldier we come done is is really really good the way it's done because <clears throat> That was actually a very very common occurrence, uh, which a lot of a lot of people would, would want to know where where their blood actually came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, yeah. the, just saying it's uh, O positive, O negative, or you know, uh, isn't enough. But to uh, want to know which race of person it came from is actually a very common um, a common thing to be asked. Um, yeah, uh, blacking him up so it was a bit like the jazz singer was a nice little turn. But they they turned <laughs> that round at the end with him, <clears throat> you know, giving a lot of respect back to to uh, Ginger Bayliss. Uh, that was nice because you kind of actually believe that he was sincere and uh, especially when he salutes her uh, yeah you know it's a it's a nice episode um i think it's the henry's home video bit especially the beginning bit not so much of him joking around but the, the beginning bit where he's seeing his family at the dinner table and they pick up outside uh makes makes the whole episode i think uh yeah that's, yeah. that's it for me really. yeah cool cool glad to, i think we all enjoyed it it just wasn't our favorite dear dad episode mm. Which brings me to Colonel Henry Blake. He's a lovely man, our Henry. But if this weren't a war, he'd surely be arrested for impersonating an officer. Are we coming, Radar? Almost, sir. You sure you know how to work that gizmo? Oh, yes, sir. You just feed the leader through, catch it on the sprockets, and hook it on the old take-up wheel. Glad you know how. I was never very good with my hands. I guess that's why he became a surgeon, huh, sir? That's very funny, Radar. Thank you, sir. Given up your plans to become a sergeant? All right, it's time for some behind the scenes. Woohoo! I'll start us off with Radar mentions that at the last monthly meeting, a motion had been made to hold a yearly reunion. Minutes of the last monthly staff meeting, which was held six months ago. The motion was made that the officers of this unit 
hold a yearly reunion once a year after the war is over. The motion was defeated when it failed to receive even one vote. This same concept would spark the entire plot for a later episode of MASH called The Party. Mm-hmm. And that I was like one that. of my favorite episodes. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, I love that episode. Mm-hmm. Now, Hawkeye and Trapper tell a racist white patient that Dr. Charles Drew, who invented the process to store blood, bled to death after a car crash because he was black and white. And the white's only hospital refused to admit him. I got to talk to you, Doc. Why don't you have some food first? Best medicine in the world. And what is it? Not just what you ordered. Fried chicken and watermelon. I never ordered that. Hey, what are you guys trying to do to me? Did you give me the wrong color blood or not? All blood is the same. You ever hear of Dr. Charles Drew, soldier? Who's that? Dr. Drew invented the process for separating blood so it can be stored. Plasma. He died last April after a car accident in North Carolina. He bled to death. The hospital wouldn't let him in. It was for whites only. Now, while Dr. Drew did, in fact, invent a way to store blood and die in a car crash, the story surrounding the whites-only hospital is not true, according to his biography. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the scene where Frank slips into Margaret's tent to find her, temporarily, indifferent to him, was originally slated for an episode in season one in Dear Dad Again. There's a scene where Margaret and Frank have a spat, leading to him drinking up in the swamp supply of hooch. Margaret is wearing a pink bathrobe rather than a blue one, and if you watch and listen carefully, it is clearly the same scene. She's reading a book, Frank kisses her fingers so that she can turn a lot of page, and she starts to tell him that he thinks of her as a bag of desirable bones. Oh, interesting. Hawkeye sings a line from a song making Whoopi from the musical Whoopi in this episode. Ironically, he would later star in a Woody Allen film, Everyone Says I Love You, which has the same song in it, although Alan Alden didn't get to sing it. Mm. Now, what would have been more ironic if if uh, Making Whoopi was sung by Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> now, that would have been really ironic. <laughs> During the dirty movie segment of the home movie, when Henry is lifting the rake like it's a set of weights, the position of his hands continues to change from his fingernails facing the camera to facing Henry's face, then back to the camera again. Mm. Didn't notice that. Oops. All right, so that's going to do it for our behind the scenes. At the London Zoo, every day at 4 o'clock, they have what's known as the Chimps Tea Party. The MASH equivalent is our monthly staff meeting. The Pentagon says it's necessary, but the kind of meetings we have could prolong the war by at least two years. Radar, will you call the roll, please? Henry, are you kidding? We all know who's here. Regulations require it. Well, I can see that. I mean, it could be that some of us aren't all here. Uh, I move that we take the role, and then if somebody's not here, he's probably someplace else, in which case the record should show it. Unless, of course, the person making the record isn't here. Thank you, Pierce. Radar? Here, sir. Take the role. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake. Yo. Major Margaret Houlihan. Here. Major Frank Marion Burns. (laughs) Marion. Hey, folks, wanted a boy. Watch it. I'm not in the mood for fooling around tonight. You hear that, Margaret? <clears throat> Captain John F.X. McIntyre. Wait, hold it. Wait a minute. We didn't hear Frank's answer. We don't know if he's here. Of course I'm here. Regulations, Frank. Radar? Here, sir. 
No. Ask Frank over there if he's here. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Major Frank Burns? Here. <clears throat> Captain John F.X. McIntyre? Yo. Uh, Captain Benjamin Franklin Pierce? Yo, yo. First Lieutenant John Patrick Mulcahy? Here. Bless this meeting and all those who sail in her. Now it's time for trivia. Hey. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna test your guys' history here. Ooh. Oh great. I was never good at math. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be all about the Korean War. No comments from you, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's start with you, Al. When did the Korean War begin? Uh nineteen forty-seven. No. On June 25th, 1950, at 4 a.m. to be exact. Oh, see, that's where I got the 4, the 7, 4 a.m. <laughs> it was actually 4 a.m. and 7 seconds, so mm-hmm. uh, of course it was a common, it's common confusion. Of course, of course. Uh, Meds, who was the president of the United States at the time? <laughs> um... They talk about him in the series, so. <sighs> and it was not Barack Obama. <laughs> Uh, oh, I have no, uh, it's not tr- not Truman, is it? No? It, it is, is. Oh. yes, Harry S. Truman. Okay. Good job. Of course, I get this one I will never get. Who was the president of Korea at the time? <laughs> that is hard. I don't have a clue, don't have a clue. All right, well, it's Sigma Re. Hard one, that was. Uh, didn't have a clue. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a hard one. All right, here's one for our listeners. Which nation fought on the side of the United Nations? And there are quite a bit of them. So all I'm asking is for two of the countries that fought uh, with the United Nations during the Korean War. Uh, just send those answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. Once again, I'm looking for two of the many nations that fought alongside uh, the United Nations during the Korean War. Uh, hey, miss. Yes? What's your problem? Uh, let me ask you something. Did you see me when I first came here? Yeah. Well, am I yet darker now than I was then? I see what you mean. Are you sure they gave you the right blood? Uh, it's happened before. You down as white. Good work, baby. What the hell are you talking about? Relax, I won't give you away. But get out of here. I'm a lieutenant soldier. I don't care if you are passing. Watch your mouth. All right, you can find MASH 4077 Podcast all over the Internet. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter, and we're at MASH 4077 Podcast. And you can follow the hosts at Twitter. I am at Geeky Fanboy. And you can follow me at Hawkeye Mets. And I am at Tales Podcast. And our website is www.mash4077podcast.com. We also have a blog. You can find that at www.mash4077podcast.blogspot.com. And uh, our email address for all our correspondence, including the trivia questions, is mash4077podcast at gmail.com. 
And our terrific MASH online store can be found at www.zazzle.com forward slash MASH 4077 podcast. Also, if you could please leave us reviews at iTunes. We love getting reviews. We love hearing from our listeners. And it also throws us into charts and just brings more notoriety to our podcast. So we'd appreciate it if you go over to iTunes, type in Nash 4077 Podcast, and leave us a five-star review. Frank, be honest. You really think of me as a bag of desirable bones. Oh, of course, Margaret. I have a mind, Frank. A mind and a brain. Of course you do. Let me kiss your brain. Frank, leave, and don't slam the door. Margaret, if I want this kind of aggravation, all I have to do is open one of my wife's letters. I'm sick to death of being reminded that you're a married man. Well, how do you think I feel? It's not my fault I'm married. She trapped me. Uh, she did. I'll bet. She did so. She said she liked me. And that trapped you? You should have seen my skin in college. I only became a doctor to clear up my face. Oh, take your face and your married face and get out. All right, so I think we uh, enjoyed this episode for the most part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's going to do it for our dear dad. You sounded very Scandinavian there. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, did. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have some Swedish cheese. Yeah. <laughs> my name right, is so- Inga. <laughs> I wear pink slippers. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for Dear Dad 3, Episode 9 of Season 2. I am Kenny. I'm Simon. And Mr. Jaja Pinks. And we'll be seeing you. Hey, Hawk. This is Nurse Anna Lindstrom. Oh. She's with the Swedish unit. I thought you threw my head at all. I'll be with you in a minute. Okay. Have a seat. I'll get you a drink. Okay. So don't forget, folks. That's what you get, folks. For making whoopee. What is that? Whoopee? I'll be with you in a minute, darling. (laughs) Hey, everybody, and welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I'm Joel, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Jason. The whole point of the Forgotten Flicks podcast, the idea behind it, was that we wanted to create something, a mouthpiece for fans of movies from the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, the movies that we all grew up with. This was one of the worst movies I have seen in a long You are full of crap. Are you being serious? I will never, ever see him as anything else but uh, Edgar the cockroach guy from Men in Black. Full Metal Jacket. I love his his playing that Edgar role in Men in Black was hilarious. Who do you think you are all of a sudden? I can't believe you hate this movie. Everything is so contrived, painfully. So I'm just going to read through my notes. And whether you remember the movies or you forgot about them or maybe you never even heard of the movies we're talking about, the point is that we're all keeping the memories of the movies we love alive. Find us on iTunes or ForgottenFlix.com. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shape what PC gaming is today. 
if you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly Podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly Podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Just one one hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by jewelbeat.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. And appears in such high... Uh, Only two titles for Louise. The uh, the other one being Kenny's favourite film called... <laughs> Seriously, I think I just wet myself. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. He's playing with his willy. Oh, okay. Alas, she left. During the dirty movie segment of the home movie, when Henry is lifting the rake like it's a set of weights, the, the position of his hand... Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I did like the career, the the career. <laughs> you guys are so bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, and finally we have City Arg Arberg. Arg and... Arg 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 Arg. It's, it's talk like a pirate day. <laughs>